Let's take a look at the board. And the categories are... Potent Potables. Joey, you like movies about gladiators. You're no messiah, you're a, you're a movie of the week. So you listen to me and you listen well. Look, well, let's not stand on ceremony, mate. Let's start the show. All right, everybody, this is the Potent Pictures Podcast. Uh, I'm Dave, and I'm joined by Matt, Peter, and Sean, as always. And this week we wanted to kind of change it up a little bit. Uh, we all decided that we were going to go see some uh, other movies ourselves and then kind of give a little quick review on it since we couldn't decide on what was the best movie this week to review. So it's kind of a little mashup of everything. So uh, we'll get into it, and you'll, you'll hear kind of what everybody went and saw or, in particular cases, didn't see. Um a little bit later, but uh, first up, I think we'll do, uh, as always, watching and drinking. So uh, we'll start with Peter this week. Peter, what you watching and what you drinking? So this week, I've talked about it before, I have an affinity to the CW shows in terms of uh, Arrow, The Flash, some of these superhero shows, and there's a particular one that I have just picked up on, and it's, it's mostly because I'm now just stuck in this universe. I have to see what's going on. Uh, and that is Supergirl. So I'm not sure. Have Have any of you guys seen this show? I have not. I have not. Either. I watched like one or two episodes and didn't really get it. All right. Well, I th- I think it's really because I, you know, they do a great job of tying people into their universe, and so I, I'm stuck. I I got to see. I got to see how how she fits into the the broader superhero universe and see see how CW does DC and uh, watched watched a few show or a few episodes from the first season. It's a, it's a fun, cute little show. I mean, it's, it's got, uh, I, she plays Allie McBeal and her name is uh, escaping me. I think it was a Calista Flockhart. No, it's, it's Mrs. Harrison Ford. You're <laughs> <laughs> acceptable. Is she, is she married to Harrison Ford? Really? They dated for uh, a while and that's married. why he got they're, a, they're a still ring. together. Are they? I think so. Aren't they still together? I think they're still together. So as far as I know, I think somebody. I don't think they're married. I think they're just. Or we will also we will also accept Mrs. Fountain of Youth because Harrison Ford is damn young right now. (laughs) Somebody has a crush on Harrison Ford. (laughs) I I believe so. We're learning a lot more. Anthony Mackie's came out. He does look better. Could you he imagine? He does look better in the Blade Runner versus the uh, Force Awakens. Uh, the problem true. is, is it, okay? Does anyone else get upset when he when they show him running? It's kind of like when like they show Liam Neeson running King? in Taken Three. It was really painful. <laughs> it's painful. Like, just don't make well, him run. Yeah. Like, do other something. Things. Did break his leg in that movie, so I think that's probably why he can't run. Was it him crashing? Wait, he broke his leg in that movie. Yeah, it was in uh, Force Awakens. No, no, no. I'm talking about. Sorry, I was talking about. Uh, the Blade Runner, trailer. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. It is, it part of the part of the trailer. Like he, they show him running, and it's just this awkward running. You're just like, could we just avoid that? And it probably, I'd probably be okay. Maybe with his it. leg is perpetually broken. I don't know. It probably <laughs> is. I mean, he did fucking crash a plane and survive, and then snapped his ankle like walking out of the Millennium Falcon or some shit like that. So, anywho, <laughs> continue, please. CW tangents are good. Debbie does so. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, watch a few episodes. I mean, it's I think it's worth a watch. It's a fun show to kind of put on when you're not you, know, you don't want to watch something serious because obviously there's a lot of great dramas on TV right now, but it's it's a fun kind of lighthearted show. It's it's campy, it's silly, but 
uh, you know, if you're into the other CW shows, I think you'll have a good time with it. Um, the other thing that I watched, and I know, Sean, you watched this in theaters a while back, was Free Fire. Has anybody else seen that since? No, not yet. Not yet. So I, I'm curious on your thoughts, Sean. But uh, So I just I watched it the other day. Uh, it was a fun movie. It wasn't as bombastic as I was expecting. I, what I found really interesting about it, it's essentially about uh, a, a weapons deal gone wrong. But what I found really interesting about it is the entire thing is filmed in, in a warehouse. So it's literally one or two different settings, and that's about it. Um, they had to have been able to film this movie extremely quickly given kind of the layout and what they do with it but um overall it was an interesting movie i had you know i had fun watching it it definitely wasn't an award winner by any means but there's a lot of fun people in it you've got um brie larson in it silly murphy army hammer is in it uh and charto copley nailed it there we go uh, but yeah, and, I mean, uh, Jack Rayner <laughs> and Jack Rayner, Jack Rayner, yeah. we can talk about Jack Rayner. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was pretty good. I don't know, Sean, what, what did you think when you saw it? I thought it was like funnier than I expected, but I kind of thought it was, it was just like a, it was an okay movie, you know, like I think the first half of it was a lot better than the second half of it. Yeah, I would, so. I, I would totally agree. It, it's one of those where, uh, it kind of reminded me in certain aspects of something that Tarantino would do, but not as good as a Tarantino film. So it, you know, when we talked, at least I talked about this, I think we might've done a similar format like we're doing tonight, a couple of months back, check out that episode for my thoughts on that, uh, on free fire. Cause I can't remember. I actually don't remember a lot of it, but, uh, which goes to show you that not very memorable. It was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's in Redbox now, so that's where I got it from. Uh, I think it it's worth a viewing at some point. It's not something I'd rush out to to get, but uh, you know the cast is a cast that's fun enough to watch in a film, so that's definitely worth it. Plus, you know we've got Captain Marvel coming up at one point in the uh, MCU, so Brie Larson's always a fun person to watch on film. Um, in terms of what I'm drinking, so I actually took another visit out to Boston and I know I talked about a few good Massachusetts beers a few weeks ago. I tried another one. It's from a brewery called, uh, Barrel House Z. It's a Massachusetts, Massachusetts brewery. And they have a, a normal kind of Pilsner that they offer all year, which is called Sunny and 79, which is it's kind of their their mix on a on a Bavarian Pilsner. They they you know use some different hops in it, but they do some special releases. And one of them is uh, they actually age it in a tequila barrel. So I, I will say it's definitely enjoyable. It's not something you'll be able to get other than if you're in a restaurant on the East Coast. But in general, if you can try Barrel House Z, it's definitely a good brewery. So uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, but Matt, let's go to you. What are you watching? So I actually caught a few things this week. Um, one of them is I, I finished, I finished Banshee last week. Um, the Cinemax show about four seasons, perfectly fine. Um, you know, kept, kept me interested, but, uh, just, you know, gratuitous violence and just some, some fun characters, but, uh, you don't necessarily need to subscribe to Cinemax just to, just to get your take. Um, but with that ending, I, I was looking for a new show, and I'd heard about I'd heard about Outlander recently. It's been having really good reviews, and I guess the third season's about to start. Are you guys familiar with this 
I think it's on Stars or yeah, I think Stars. I've I've heard of it. I've been slightly curious, but what is it actually about? So this this woman, um, basically, I, I didn't really know much about it except for this woman kind of gets teleported or tra- transferred to an, an earlier time. I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was something you know pre-industrial revolution. Um, and it turns out, you know, no spoilers, but I guess this was post World War One. This this woman is from so like 1920s. Um, she gets teleported back to like the 1740s. Um, it, I, I'm not sure why that's the the um, you know the ranges that you know why it wasn't somebody from modern day, but I assume it's because she's a nurse and and not to discredit nurses now, but I imagine nurses now would have a much harder time being a nurse in 1740 versus maybe a nurse you know in the early you know 20th century jumping back a, a century and a half. So it's probably a little easier for that transition. But, uh, you know, the show's, the show's definitely very well done. Um, the cast and the production's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty impressive, actually, I'd say. Um, you know, it's obviously not Game of Thrones, but for what they're doing, I, th- I think it's pretty close. They don't have to do as much CGI and all that jazz. So it's it de- definitely credit there. Um, especially considering I didn't know stars had this type of a budget. I'm even more impressed, but you know, it's something where it's, it's starting to border on and it's something I was worried about, but it's starting to border on almost like a a romance novel. Um, I haven't seen it. It hasn't actually, you know, crept into that space. Um, but there's been a few moments in the show where I was like, am I watching like a show that 40 old women are supposed to be watching? Um, so it's definitely well done. I, I think I'll probably watch a few more episodes, see how it goes. Um, and so if you guys hear anything about it, let me know. Or if you guys get a chance to check it out, let me know what you think. But I, I also went on a little bit of a uh, M. Night Shyamalan uh, kick uh, with Signs and The Village. And I have to say, I was I was really happy to revisit, revisit both of these. Signs, just fantastic. I've always liked that one. And Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix just, just, on a, just did a phenomenal job. And the pacing was really well done by M. Night Shyamalan. Wait. Um, I, I got I to gotta stop you there. Signs, really? Don't be hating, Dave. Do you, do you want to have a I discussion about signs? I'm more, I'm more than happy to have a discussion I, I, about signs. I would love that. Swing away. I Yeah. I absolutely. That, and you're talking about the part that I wanted to walk out of the theater. Oh, come point. on. I wanted to walk out of the theater about that point. Well, I mean, you know, M. Night Shyamalan can't, can't you know, make everybody like that type of a story. So if that's not for you, that's not for you. It doesn't make it any less of a well-done picture. It just means you didn't buy like into it, that. I feel like we could have... Well, no, I think we could have judged. They could have done something a little bit differently. Like the whole purpose of it was like the, you know, the the underlying story behind it, right? I get that. I I like that story about the, you know, how it's everything happens for a reason, basically, right? That's the whole purpose of the film. But what I'm saying is, it annoyed the hell out of me about the the aliens and that they were afraid, they were uh, affected by water and all that shit. And that just when when they brought that up, I was just like, I can't do it anymore. I can't hey, do they're it. They're hydrophobic. I thought it was man. A, it's, it's rough. Yeah, what did you? I, you know, I, I thought, what did you not like about that though? Did you see it coming, or you just didn't like that? That's how they. No, I just hate that's how they died. <laughs> it's like they're like, oh, I mean, they're afraid of water, and I'm like, the fucking planet is completely full of water. That's that's stupid. Like I thought, to me, honestly, if they would have just kept it to where they weren't showing what the aliens were, and they didn't have this big old like scene at the end, I think it would have been a great movie because it would have been kind of like what they did with Alien, where it was like a, it was just kind of hidden. And they never really showed them. And like that one quick brief moment where I think it was the, the news. Um, God, what was it? It was the, the Mexico uh, the news scene where they in sh- the party. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they showed that. Yeah, they showed it kind of pop out and they pop right back in. I was like, oh, this is this is gonna be awesome. Like I'm like, this is great because they're you know it's showing all this stuff. And then they bring it up and then he has the freaking battle with the thing. And I'm like, and water's killing it. I'm like, this so is I, what the so fuck? I'll give it to what you. The fuck? I mean, it loses some of its uh, power when they show it. I mean, because it's whenever you show an alien, it's never gonna live up to what you are expecting it to look like. So I'll give that to you, but. I liked that it, well, it wasn't that it was just okay, I was sorry. just gonna say I, I the water didn't bother me because at least it's an original concept as opposed to them shooting it or stabbing it or hitting it with a bat like directly in the head because that's every other movie except we've ever seen we did that they did that in War of the Worlds are you talking they died from the bacteria in the War well, of that, the Worlds they weren't hydrophobic but they died of the bacteria that they didn't expect so, you, so I mean well, that like came it's, afterward are you saying that was a better use or you're saying it copied it well it no afterward. War of the Worlds was no, 1920s no, no, no. The, War, man that the, was Orson Welles yeah. so you got along uh, was the bacteria the, what killed that it was the, that yeah that was actually the original story and that's how oh, okay. it's kind of insane yeah. how Orson Welles could come up with that not that People yeah. didn't know about bacteria back then, but it was impressive as hell was, that he was just like, yeah. well, they're going to die because they didn't develop these immunities that we spent centuries developing. So good on good on us for being human on this earth. We earned our right kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's I think by yeah. mixing it in with the water, it was a little bit of a, you know, a, 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 enough of a take. And, and Dave, I'm actually surprised. Most of the people, and I remember this back, I think it was 2002, a lot of the critiques mm-hmm. people had was just the fact that you lost the suspense because you saw the aliens and I actually, I mm-hmm. did expect that to be what your problem was, not the water. So I'm, um, well, it's, it's the two. Cause it was like, I saw the aliens and I'm like, ah, all right, fine. Let's just see what happens. And then they start like spraying it with water and it starts to like melt away. And I'm like, okay, first off, I mean, he wasn't the, the wicked case, witch of the West. The I mean, he just kind of scarred him and burned him. So he's like, peace out. I'm out. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the entire freaking atmosphere is completely contained with water. There's there's moisture in the air, so how would they survive? Like that's the thing that kind of blew my mind. I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things that humans the time make, in humans, particular humans either, invade lands that they probably shouldn't. Yeah, I'm sure aliens can do the same thing. Like oh we're gonna oh I can't live def- in a desert. And, I'm, gonna, I'm I'm out. And guess and guess what we do? Ninety percent of the time we develop technology to make sure we can actually inhabit it yeah, well, before we get there. No, uh, sometimes people obviously die. they sometimes were Sometimes people die first and then they develop it. A couple. A well, couple. To, we yeah, don't know how we don't know how that. expansive their uh, colony is, um, but no, that's that's fair. I mean, that's, <laughs> anyway, that's so. I'm not gonna have I'm not gonna have Dave to now. I'm not gonna have Dave watch it again. But for you other folks, I think it's worth another another watch. Um, I think it definitely holds up. And again, the the acting and the pacing is is very well done. Um, I think the just, more important question is, what did you think about the village? Thank you. I was just going to. So that one was something. 2004 is kind of the one that started the downward spiral of M. Night Shyamalan. And I I loved it when it came out. I was very surprised. It did, You know, it wasn't to me. It wasn't Signs Unbreakable or, you know, The Sixth Sense. But I, I was I thought it was still very um, interesting. And I think part of it is I'm kind of obsessed with William Hurt. And I don't know enough of his catalog to actually make that claim. But literally, anytime I see him on screen, I'm just obsessed with him. Even in a, in something like um, a history of violence with Viggo Mortensen, he's in the he's in the movie for I think under four minutes, and he was nominated for a uh, supporting actor role. I think there's only a couple ones that beat him on that. One of them was Alec Baldwin for uh, Glengarry Glen Ross. But beyond that, I still think The Village held up. It wasn't as good as I remembered, and it was a little slower than I remembered. But overall acting was just great the the cinematography was phenomenal and i i still enjoyed the plot it wasn't as suspenseful you know having the familiarity with what was going on but i did remember 
know, it was very reminiscent of, you know, going back and watching it the first time and just being completely kind of enthralled with what was going on, um, curious about what was actually going to happen. And I really enjoyed it. So it was, I, I will I will admit that you know that that movie the first time I saw it it was definitely like one of these creepy when the the stalking happened in the forest kind of thing it was very anxious it was a very anxious type scene um, uh, when she was by herself and uh, what's his face Adrian Brody blanking on the guy's name yeah yeah he was like stalking her in the in the thing and I thought that was just really well done that that was a great movie I always enjoyed that one but I wanted to ask you about you'd hurt question or comment what about lost in space you know matt leblanc was in that and matt leblanc obviously stole the show in lost in space um and he was competing he was competing with gary it was keeps competing with gary old i was gonna say but uh so anyway sorry continue hey you know what say what you want about that movie i probably was still obsessed with william hurt in that movie as well hey i like that movie it was fun. I, I, I well, I think it was what twelve or something when that came out. I, I was entertained by it. Yeah. It also had the girl that later was in uh, Mean Girls. Lacey, so. Party of Five. Lacey yeah. So hot right now. Party yeah. Party of Five. She yeah, played exactly. uh, Meg in the first season of Family Guy. I knew the voice yeah, changed. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. Before um, Kunis. Yeah. Before Mila Kunis took over, it was her. It's funny when you go back so, and watch those episodes because you can you can pick up on it and it's it's pretty uh, jarring. Hey Matt, we're, huh. you said that the what's it called? The village was part of M Night Shyamalan's downturn. It was the so start. Were you, yeah. Were you a big fan of like Wide Awake? Was he was that part of his rise? Starring Rosie O'Donnell. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. I'm gonna be honest. It's a, yeah. It's a it's like one of those kid movies like they came out like in like the late '90s where there's like some sort of uh, kid who's trying to go through some life event and. He's got a mentor. In this case, was Rosie O'Donnell. So, it's an Night Shyamalan movie for all you people out there. Wow, that's scary. That that he actually that has so, to be a typo. There's no so, way. That's yeah. Funny. So seeing that movie poster with her with the uh, softball, it definitely <laughs> seems like something I probably saw when I was 12. Um, <laughs> yeah. But this was also before the amazing, uh, you know, kind of meteoric rise that Sixth Sense sent him on, where they kind of just gave him. I think carte blanche after that point, right? They pretty much were just like, make whatever you want after the sixth sense. And, and, uh, he, he did, he, he had a couple successors that I guess Dave didn't like one of them. And then the village, Correct. um, was followed up by lady in the water. And, uh, after that, did anybody, did anybody see that? Honestly? Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's been years. I mean, was it, I, I don't really was remember. It good? I didn't hate it as much as everybody else, but I, I probably at the time also was like, well, this guy, this guy, you know, it's kind of like when, uh, you know, Dave Chappelle's uh, Michael Jackson response. He made Thriller. Thriller. I was probably doing that. Oh, he made Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. So <laughs> I, I, and I was obsessed with Bryce Dallas Howard, too. Um, that's about all I watched. But I am drinking a... I, of course, had my, my whiskey. But I'm now drinking a, uh, a Bell's Oberon. I think it's out of... Uh, I think Bell's out of Michigan. Kalamazoo. Is it Kalamazoo? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's damn good. I think the first time I had it was on a boat. So my memory of it is I have a very fond memory of it. So it's pretty, not that it's an obscure beer to get up in uh, Illinois. I was pretty happy to have access to it. And it does the trick. It's pretty, pretty light and pretty tasty. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Well, um, gotten into a lot of things this past weekend. I uh, went and saw Dunkirk in 70 millimeter. I know we've discussed this a couple weeks back, but, uh, Everybody had mentioned if you get the opportunity to go see it in 70 millimeter, because not a lot of films 
get filmed anymore in that uh, in that type of uh, set in that type of uh, format. Film format, yes, that's what I was looking for um, to do so. So I watched it on Sunday. Uh, you definitely get to see a lot more of the wide shots, which is great. You know, you get to see the things that Christopher Nolan really wanted you to see with um, the beach scenes. So I was glad to be able to do that. Um, didn't really like it as much the second time I saw it. it. I think it's just more of the the mole scenes. I just think that I just I don't. It was kind of eh, like you know falling around the British soldiers. For those who haven't seen it, um, there's three. It takes place in three frames, um, and that the the mole frame was definitely my least favorite. Um, but still a good movie. Still I uh, think you should check it out if you get the opportunity. 70 millimeter IMAX is probably the best format to watch it in since I just had 70 millimeter and I've seen it in uh, XD at Cinemark. So um, still doing well. Still, obviously, I contributed to them still being in the top three in the box office this weekend. And in terms of another things I'm watching on Netflix, I saw that I don't know if you guys have ever watched Wet Hot American Summer or seen the, yes. the first Netflix series of the. Uh, they, they did one, I guess it was about a year ago. They just released one this past weekend, um, like the Wet Hot American Summer 10-Year Reunion. So I watched the first episode on Sunday night. Um, definitely funny. I like the way they they dealt with uh, one of the characters not coming back for this season. So uh, I, I laughed out loud when I saw how they handled it. Um, and I also started watching, I think I briefly had mentioned a show that I wanted to get into a couple weeks back, uh, Friends from College. Uh, finally was able to burn through some of those episodes with uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Colby Smulders, uh, Fred Savage. There's a pretty good scene in one of the... I'm, I'm going to be honest, Sean. Every time you talk about it, I get pretty excited. And then you mentioned Colby Smulders again, and I just completely... <laughs> <laughs> Always hating Matt. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Taryn Killam, uh, you don't like... You're not a fan? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want to rehash how um, she completely yeah, destroyed she, Avengers. But yeah. okay. The uh, but yeah, Fred, Fred Savage. I'm a, I'm a big uh, Billy Billy Eckner Eckner fan, right? Is that how you say it? I like uh, watching his show Billy on the Streets. But he's uh, he and Fred Savage are like partners in this uh, in this show, and it's pretty. Billy on the Street or Billy Eckner is just hilarious. I Billy Eckner, I think he, it's how you pronounce it, but um, he's just funny. He plays like their their doctor, and um. Just, and he's the he's like Sean straight, he's good, Billy good. Billy on the street is also of Parks and Rec. He was the la- yes, later seasons yeah. angry new <laughs> addition. Yeah, he was definitely a good addition there. I don't but think I've ever like seen Billy on the street, though. but I definitely get his. I, I definitely find him entertaining for sure. So that's cool. I didn't know he was in this. Have you not? Have you not watched that uh, Billy on the street at all? I think I saw the one with him and Will Ferrell. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, go to, yeah, go that's to YouTube, Matt, and watch a couple of those episodes. Oh yeah, it hasn't it hasn't been a lack of access. I know they're out there. Yeah, I just. Um, but yeah, definitely check those out if anybody wants to. It's on True TV, so that's probably why nobody watches it, um, like live. But uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that show. Um, but that's really all I've really gotten into in terms of what I've been watching this week, uh, and what I'm drinking is. I briefly mentioned this earlier, but uh, apparently there's a thing called hard seltzer out there. So a brand named White Claw, they make a hard seltzer that's uh, like 5% alcohol. They make just like a, you would a LaCroix, like a, whether it's a uh, Pomplamoose LaCroix or 
um, or even a cherry lime LaCroix like I've been drinking lately. They have like different flavors like a grapefruit, black cherry, lime, and uh, orange. So d- diving into that this week, had a couple of these little uh, little boys and they're uh, pretty refreshing and uh, apparently they, they contain booze. So sounds like a, housewife's, uh, a housewife's deadly combo over here. But uh, what about you, Dave? What are you getting into this week? Oh, man. So with my travels this week, um, I downloaded a couple things. And surprisingly enough, one of the th- one things that I did uh, re- uh, download was what you mentioned earlier was Wet Hot American Summer, the 10-year reunion. And uh, watched the first episode, too. And uh, I agree with you. I kind of like the heck out of it. I'm, I'm intrigued to see where it goes. I'm, uh, do you think they're going to bring back um, a certain character later on in the season? No, because I think they dealt with it uh in a funny way that he's that guy, right? Oh, yeah, I know, but then maybe okay. he could just show up late. I don't know. Maybe he can show up late. Okay, well, maybe we'll see. I don't but, know. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how, how, if they, if or how they, they're going to deal with it. I just know how they they have dealt with it thus far. As, yeah, as no, okay. I didn't know. Yeah, but, um, no, real funny. I was actually kind of surprised that they, uh, my, my still always my favorite thing as a kid that they got that is the beekeeper. You know what I'm talking about? The... The DJ of the uh, the camp, they keep bringing him back for every single I don't, one. I don't, so. I don't, I don't want to give away anything because it's. I, I'm, but that's I that's all I'm gonna say. It's gonna ten years. All right. Well, well, let's we'll, we'll 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 leave it at that. So everybody, go watch it. It's actually pretty funny. If you haven't watched the movie original movie, go watch it and then the um, the prequel to it, which was the first season that they had. And I think it was, um, what was the name of that first one offhand? Um, that was the first day at camp. Anyway. Yeah, that was it. First day of camp. Thank you. So, right now it's the movie for the last day of camp. The first day of camp was the this first season, and then the second season is ten years later for the reunion. So, if you catch the movie, you'll understand a little bit. Uh, then I also watched um, a couple more episodes of the uh, the Keepers. Um, almost done it. Um, still a little creepy, creeped out by the whole thing. It's kind of morphing into a big murder mystery, and uh, kind of waiting to see where it ends up going, if it does anything. But it's got me somewhat intrigued. Um, I don't like how they're um, kind of swapping a lot. They really don't, like, bring you... So, did everyone watch... Um, oh, God, what was that Netflix thing about that guy up in... That was accused of rape and then murder and all that how stuff. Making make a murder. Yeah, how to make yeah, a murder. Yeah, did y'all all see that? Yeah. Yep. So, you know how they kind of, like, focused each episode on a particular part and they kind of ran with it completely? They don't seem to do that in this particular one. And it's kind of like, it's kind of pieces and parts things together. So I'm not truly following it as much as like the other ones I've seen. So it's not my my favorite documentary, but it's interesting. So, you know, I'd say watch it. Um, I'm having a little hard time getting through it, but it's somewhat entertaining. And then I finished uh, season one of The Wire again, and now I'm halfway through season two. I don't know if y'all remember, but season two is not my favorite uh, season. I think I picked up mainly either the second half of season two where it picked up and I really enjoyed it, or it was season three. I, I, I think I wrote in my diary that season two wasn't wasn't your favorite. <laughs> hey, that was 2003, bro. You might have actually had a diary. I think we called them journals, or it was a live journal. You had a live journal, didn't you? You probably had a lot of free time on Saturday night then. <laughs> was it on your MySpace? Was it on your MySpace page? Was it linked from there? Dave, I think you just gave it away that you had one because you said we used to call it. Because I know I didn't call anything anything because I didn't have a journal. <laughs> but fine. 
All right. But that's really all I had for, for shit I was, stuff I was watching right now. I kind of didn't get too much time um, with the my last and final wedding weekend of the season, thank God. So no more big travels. So I should be back in uh, back in the groove. But uh, in terms of what movies. I'm drinking, I think I might watch How Stella Got a Groove Back just to you know go with that. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm drinking an, an oldie but a goodie. And yes, we're going to stick with that. Um, but I'm drinking a little Basil Hayden right now. Um, I think we've talked about it in, in past episodes. Or Delicious. We, we recommended it as something. But it's it just goes down really smooth and always a good one to drink. So if you like your bourbons, um, go for it. I unfortunately was unable to um, get drunk on Jack Daniels this weekend at the wedding I was at. I tried desperately, but just apparently must have been watered down because it was not doing anything. I probably drank, I want to say... a I would have to say with for the first cocktail hour, I was at six because I was making it a point to drink um, six to get drunk on the free booze that was already included in the wedding. What and were then, you mixing uh, it with? Just ginger ale. I was doing a Jack and Ginger, man. Dave, I, th- I, was I, was, I think they call that alcoholism. I think that might yeah, be your I issue. I definitely got uh, got drunk on whiskey this weekend at the wedding I was at, so maybe you just got to order Maker's Mark. I, well, so that was what my original plan was because at the one I was up in Boston, that's all I drank, and yes, it did the trick. I will, I will fully admit that. But Make, this weekend rocks, just couldn't. Seventy percent of oh, the time works. Hundred percent of the time. Why would you drink anything else? Why would you ruin that drink with anything else? This ain't no mixing. This ain't beam. This isn't Jack. You got to you, you know, Maker's Mark. Jack and Ginger. Yeah, it was Jack and Ginger. That's all I had. If they had Makers, I'd be going straight whiskey. Man, come on. I ain't, I ain't no, I ain't no thing. Like right now, nice little. Nice little glass of Basil Hayden's with a little with a couple rocks in it. That's it. Nice and simple. So anyway, all right. Well, that's all I got. Anybody else want to do any little throwbacks or whatnot? Nope. All right. Well, we can move into some news. So Peter, what we got for this week for us? Sure. So I think the first thing, and I'm a little surprised this didn't come up over the last few weeks, given Comic Con and all the other fun stuff we've talked about, but. The first images of Josh Brolin as Cable from Deadpool 2 were just released. So I think the important thing is, what did everybody think about these pictures? I got to figure out who his trainer is because he looks jacked. <laughs> that he does. Like he honestly like looks like he has fucking packed on a ton of muscle. Like for being, how what is he, in his 50? Like he's damn near 50 now. I think uh, so, yeah. At least. Yeah, I mean, he looks pretty jacked for a 50-year-old, considering I never thought he was out of shape. But, yeah, I mean, that was my takeaway, is that his arms are huge. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you got any opinion on this? I mean, he definitely looked jacked, but I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty sure his, his, his method for getting jacked is the same way that uh, Magic Johnson cured AIDS. Um, it, it, it has to do, it has to do with green, um, but lots of money in any case, you know, I, I wasn't, I think we talked about this when he was cast. I wasn't super stoked about it. Um, but I admitted that I've been, you know, less than ecstatic for some of the casting choices in the MCU and I've been pleased and, uh, you know, everybody's done a phenomenal job and I've been happy. This will probably still be the same case, but these initial pictures, it looked phenomenal. He, he absolutely was jacked. Um, the costume um, definitely looked good. Everything about it, I think, you know, not necessarily traditional cable, but I think they did a great job with it. But something about he—I don't know—maybe his his—he just looked also not just 
he looked a little thin in the face maybe. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Something about it just felt off from from my the way I was picturing it, which is the opposite of how I feel like Thanos is looking. Um and so I don't know, I'm I'm gonna hold you know, I'm gonna hold judgment until we actually get to actually see the character do some stuff, but the promotional th- shots didn't really get me as excited as I would have hoped. Well, he, he's, he, you know, he's jacked in these pictures, but I think you're you're thinking of Cable, like, from the comic. I don't know. How much how many comic books did you read that had Cable in it? Um, no, I think primarily the, the X-Men cartoon show was my was most of my Cable uh, introduction, as well as, you know, comic book cards when I was a kid. And uh, just kind of, a, I think, a broader jaw, maybe. Um, anyways, yeah, it, it's weird to the... talk about Josh Berlin this this directly, but something about the the take on Cable just just didn't do it for me. I think if we actually see him acting and you know doing the scenes, I'll be sold. Um, but just the the still shots didn't get me excited. I wasn't amped. Yeah, yeah I I think that's fair. I mean, for me, I, I'm kind of with you. I, the first thing that threw me off, and Matt, you'll probably maybe this is something that hit you was the historic images. He's usually got a, a blue outfit. And Historical so, documents? <laughs> when you check the files. Um, nice. No, his actual costume usually has is blue, has some shades of blue and some other lighter colors. So that kind of threw me off. And I know that sounds funny, but it was, you know, it's a minor detail. And I think the other thing. And he, yeah, go ahead. And he has shoulder pads. What? He has shoulder pads. <laughs> well, oh, that's true. He does. He does have like armor. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think the other thing too is just I'm. I'm hoping that seeing him, to your point, the still shots, I think, maybe are are what's not doing it. Seeing him in action might change because, for me, the interesting part is um, I want to to see him interact with Deadpool because he seems very serious or overly serious in these photos. And what I like about Deadpool is there's so much comedy. So I'm hoping to see him kind of ham it up with with, uh, Ryan Reynolds, and hopefully that helps out. I think it'll. I think they'll. They'll. They'll definitely do it. I mean, if Deadpool one was, or I'm just gonna call it Deadpool one for, for all intents and purposes, like it was a great movie for even all the, the crappier versions of the um, actors they used. But I think Ryan Reynolds will turn it around. At least he'll have, be able to play off with that character. So they should be okay. Uh, I mean, I'm not too concerned about it. Yeah, it's not gonna be the same. But I thought Colossus in some of the older x-men movies was better than the one they used in this particular one because he was just too you know too big and they didn't actually show him as a human so yeah, i thought it was an interesting choice but uh, it's it is what it is we'll see how it goes it'll be a funny movie i don't think anybody's gonna be too concerned cable will just look like uh, that version of cable and then maybe if they bring him into the mcu version maybe we'll get a different maybe they'll get a different one i don't know we'll see maybe more armor is Cable something that can cross? I think I think he's a fox. Is he? I don't, I don't think he can cross. All right, fine. <laughs> I mean, he can cross into the other X-Men movies because those are fox, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, sorry. That's what I should have said. Sorry. I meant, that's what I meant, the X-Men, um, like, first class uh, stuff. My apologies. What screwed that up. Anyway. Yeah, so there's there's two stories here that we'll combine, and it's partly because one's late breaking, literally just came out within the last few hours, and the other one I think may somewhat contribute to it. So uh, we'll start with you know the 
the older news, which is Netflix is buying Miller World, which is a comic book company started and I think partially owned or maybe just started by uh, Mark Miller, who's done uh, properties like Kingsman, uh, Wanted is something that's under him, Kick-Ass, so some, some movies I think most have heard about. And he's got a lot of other comic book properties. But essentially, Netflix has now bought them. And in terms of this, you know, not only are they going to have them or the properties from Miller World to play with on Netflix, but they're actually going to be uh, controlling the comic book uh, publishing. So, you know, whether they'll actually release it under a Netflix brand or they'll keep Miller World, I'm not sure exactly what that so, looks like. So what I read, Peter, was that they're actually going to let them, and a lot of people are actually pretty happy about this because this is always something people are scared about, that someone's going to buy them and completely ruin it. And for what I read is they're going to let them operate as they've been um, in terms of the comic book publishing. But the main goal was to be able to, you know, use use these stories, use the... the um, intellectual properties to create some new new stories, make some new shows on Netflix without having to, uh, you know, pay for licensing. But, you know, that being said, people say that a lot, and then six months down the road, they decide that if you release this comic book right now, you're going to ruin our release of a show, or exactly. you need to wait a month, yeah. and you, you know, so there is always that. But supposedly, they're, they're saying right now that they're still going to operate as they are. I'm sure that's just while they assess what they're going to do with the shows um, yeah. and make a final decision. So you're probably right. Well, and so I, I want to get you guys' feedback because I think the second story is what make this makes this even more interesting for me. So uh, it was just released that Disney is going to back out of their contract with Netflix in terms of the streaming deal they have. Uh, if anybody's noticed, all of the Disney, or I shouldn't say all of, but most of the Disney properties in terms of the classic animated movies, Marvel cinematic flicks, and uh, the Lucasfilm flicks are released on Netflix. So you can go stream uh, Rogue One, you can go stream Thor, so on and so forth. But they've now pulled out of their contract. So in terms of uh, you know what that means, not only is that taking away some great content from Netflix... But, you know, Netflix has a number of Marvel TV shows around comic book properties. So the so just, is that part of that was like my big question, Peter, is that part of that? Like the Disney thing, like they're going to yeah. pull all those shows, too. So they're going to pull they're going to pull everything that Disney owns. So that's yeah, it's going to be Lucasfilm. It's going to be Disney. It's going to be Marvel. So the question is, will they remove or what will they do with the Marvel shows? Because, again, they have. Uh, Daredevil, there's The Defenders, which is a new one coming out, which is a team up between Daredevil and Jessica Jones and uh, Iron Fist, uh, Luke Cage. Uh, come on, come on. There we go. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So there's there's two questions, right? What are they going to do with the current properties, since those are a pretty big hit on Netflix and a lot of people like watching them? Um, I didn't I didn't say that. Not only is Disney pulling out of their contract, but they're going to start their own streaming service. So. You know, are they going to pull them off Netflix and put them on their own streaming service? I think it's pretty likely. But the other question is, what's Netflix going to do? Because now they own their own comic book properties. And so are they, you know, are they going to lose the Marvel ones and then kick up their own, uh, you know, their own comic book movies and make their own universe given what they have from Miller World? And then the, the final question is, did their purchase of Miller World actually lead to them getting you know ousted from the disney contract so there's a lot going on here i'm just kind of curious what everybody thinks because I, I know some of us have seen the show some of us haven't um you know this obviously affects the quality of the content you're gonna get on netflix but just kind of curious what you guys think 
So I'm, I'm just going to throw a couple things out there. One, just to completely screw with you, it's very possible that Netflix figured Disney was going to be doing this. Netflix probably saw that Disney was looking into a streaming service that they could host themselves. And they could have said, well, we're going to lose all that content. Let's buy Miller World and start building our own. So there's also a possibility ah, that they anticipate around. it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, who, who knows? But the other thing that I just wanted to call out, Disney's pulling their content, which is something like Rogue One and Moana, which both got added there, you know, extremely quickly because of the, the streaming streaming contract that Netflix signed with them. But it's compl- those are different than the Netflix produced Marvel shows. So those that are going to be much more complicated. Yeah. So there's no reason that Disney can't say you guys are done producing it. I'm sure there's some contractual things, but I'm sure they have loopholes to get out of it, just like they were able to pull out of the streaming service, streaming contract. Uh, but it is a little more. I think it's a little more. Um, probably, uh, you know, some some finer grain detail that they have to work through from the fact that Netflix is producing it. Because I highly doubt Netflix would continue producing something that Disney's going to stream and just like, you know, ABC, you know, it's, it's different than again, also ABC having these Marvel shows because Disney owns them. So it'll be interesting. I definitely think they're going to wait and see what happens with the defenders. Um, But the bigger problem for me, and I want to talk more about all of this, all the other questions you mentioned is just the idea of having another streaming service just to basically, you know, they're just re- recreating cable package subscriptions through through <laughs> yeah, streaming services. But be- before I vent about that or rant about that, what Sean and Sean and Dave, I want to make sure you guys chime in. Oh, well, I'm see. My biggest thing was what they were going to do with the the, the Netflix produced ones because I think that can just be really complicated because that'll basically lose like well, assuming that Daredevil. Um, and Jessica Jones, which were basically the two that were rated pretty good, because um, I heard, from what I understand, Luke Cage and uh, uh, Iron Fist did not do well. I didn't catch any of them. Did Did y'all actually watch them? So Luke Cage I've never watched any of those. Yeah, Luke series. Cage got really good when I started fast forwarding um, <laughs> through them, um, which is a shame because I thought Luke Cage was awesome and Jessica Jones. I really liked him, and I couldn't wait to see more of him. Um, I was and say, the, yeah, I like this character. The other, day, I, I think, if there was a six-episode season, it could have been the, you know, lived up to the, you know, the dear Daredevil seasons. Maybe not as good because those are just phenomenal. But um, mm-hmm. some of the stakes that they just gave them weren't there. But the the other downside is it made me disinterested in Iron Fist because that series wasn't great, and then the Iron Fist reviews weren't great. But I'm still looking yeah. forward to Defenders. Yeah. I, I watched like the first episode of Iron Fist and I had to sh- I just couldn't continue going through it I just couldn't believe it I, I don't know it was just it was weird I, I just the, the world just didn't seem as familiar as like the Daredevil type world so like those shows don't appeal to me however the movie like I, I bought into the idea of how like that that adds great content all those storylines all those movies that they're like pulling Disney movies is pretty huge for them because there there's the children's section that has all those Disney movies that are, that are in there now, excuse me, along with a lot of the, the movies that have been released in the last few years outside of the Marvel, uh, like the star Wars and Marvel pieces. So that's all stuff that I've, that I feel like people watch on there. So it, I mean, it's a lot of content they have to replace. I know they're trying to, my impression is that they're going to, they bought mill world, uh, Miller world to, because they saw this coming um not as a it's more reactionary than than being proactive so i it, it'll be interesting to see what happens but i think ultimately um you know depending on how they react is could could contribute to me and my like account with netflix right i mean if there's not stuff that i'm interested in 
then I might pull it. So let me ask this question. If if they pull all this, are they, you, you know, you, you wonder if the parents are actually going to swap over to a Disney, like another service. I mean, you've got all these movies like Mona. I know Matt's been, been pushing on Mona pretty heavily in like every single Pixar movie. That's your. It's, that's, it's Moana. It's not Mona. Moana. Whatever. I don't know. I saw it one I've time. Never, I've never seen it. But I wasn't a big fan. Dave, that you would say Dave there's. Wrong. There's full songs in it where she actually goes, I am Moana. That's the main line. She says it like 10 times. Come on, Dave. Dave, come on. I was, I <laughs> saw it wasn't the, you know, it was just, it was so-so for me. I was not too impressed with it, to be honest with you. But hey, it was a Disney movie, so I was enjo- I enjoyed it. But, you know, <laughs> I, do, cor- but, you know, you lose all those, 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 uh, uh, those franchises. I mean, that, that, that'll wipe out a good portion of it. I mean, I don't even know what, what else I would have to do. I mean, are y'all going to actually, um, pay for an additional service now we can get into that whole thing but i mean is that that's going to force us i mean maybe they ought to do something well so so here's here's the the rub maybe so this is a this was a relatively new contract i think this was signed if not early this year it was late last year so i mean the the ability to actually stream all these movies is new so i'm sure it gained some subscribers but i mean most people on netflix were already on netflix so uh, to your question, how many people will it lose? I'm sure it will lose a handful, but at the same time, they're coming out with their own new great content. So I don't think it will be a huge hit. The other thing is they are, they actually, I just was reading this to kind of keep up on what's being released as we speak. Uh, this is going to actually extend through 2019. So they're still going to have content on Netflix through 2019 before they pull it. So, I mean, okay. They're going to have so plenty it, of time to come up with their own replacements and kind of, you know, supplement what they know is leaving. So I think the hit to Netflix is actually going to be minimal. And and just to, ch- you know, add, add into what you're saying there, Peter, they are developing a ton. You know, we're not seeing it because we're not the ones that it's tailored to. But Netflix is doing a lot in terms of child um, and, and kind of younger audience shows. Uh, and so obviously Pixar, as Dave mentioned, is a, is a big hit uh, for the kind of family uh, genre. But Netflix is trying to kind of thwart that with, with some new shows they're producing. I think they even produced something that uh, kind of had a, a story where you get to choose how the story goes, kind of like the old uh, com- the old books where you could choose the decisions. That's a big reference. For real? Um, yeah. Oh, that's I don't know if it's available to everybody. Yeah, something like that. Exactly, Sean. And so they're, they're dabbling in. They're experimenting on how they want to do it. But they're, they're definitely trying, but they do have a lot of competition in the space. I mean, YouTube Kids is a thing is out there, too. So with with Disney spinning off, you know, with Disney trying to do their own thing with, with their Pixar and their Disney animation properties, obviously Netflix will will be scrambling. But, you know, they're 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 anticipating this and that's why they're, you know, they're not making money still because they're investing in so much self-produced content. So they're they've been anticipating this for a while, it seems like. And. It'll be interesting. The real, the real downside is the consumer, in my, in my perspective. Because Dave, you know, you mentioned our family is going to drop Netflix and go to Disney, or are they going to have to do both? And it's just going to be a pain in the butt. I think the o- the only thing that that Disney has going for them is that they have such a huge stable of content that. That's what I'm saying, Peter. The vault, like if they open up the, the Disney vault, I feel like that can open up so many opportunities for them. 
Well, I, but do they want to do that though? Because that was their big thing: is they make a ton of money every time they release something from the vault. Everybody goes and buys it in the new, uh, the new format. So true. But think about it: they release one Disney classic a year, so you're going to get twenty bucks from one family as opposed to getting ten bucks a month from that family for the entire year. So now you're talking about uh, yeah, perhaps you know. yeah, you're right. Yeah, I didn't think about that. And on that vault note, which was annoying as hell back when DVDs and Blu-rays were first coming out because I wanted something and I couldn't get it. But, Agreed. But, Terrible. But I'm pretty sure with the rise of digital, I think I could buy you know Beauty and the Beast any day of the week for the past five, ten years. Uh, ten's probably a stretch. You know, five years. And there's no, like, I don't think there's any, like, oh, you can't buy it this month because it's in the vault. So I think with, with digital out there, I don't know how much the vault is prevalent and i'm pretty much. sure and i'm pretty sure i don't know i haven't disney's gone own. and purchased disney movies in a while so yeah, yeah i don't so i, don't I, I think it's still applicable i think the idea is that you know the the vault's there because they have a huge back catalog but they don't have to stress about when they need to release these things because i know that everybody's doing on demand and they're purchasing um so i could be wrong though i haven't again i haven't I, like you said dave i haven't purchased one in a while either so i don't really know i just assume that if i if i pulled up itunes right now i could buy anything from disney I will say to your point, though, Matt, about, you know, bad for the consumer, what I think beyond this Disney decision, what I think is even worse is you've got networks like CBS and Fox and FX and all these other ones that are creating their one-off streaming platforms for only shows on their one, you know, one channel. And, you know, whereas I would, I don't want to pay for a Disney service, but at least I'm going to get Lucasfilm, Marvel, Disney, and Pixar Otherwise, you know, CBS wants me to pay so that I can stream. Uh, hell, I don't even watch CBS, so I guess I'm the worst consumer to bring it up. But there's not enough shows, even if I did, that that's worth the money. So, so I think uh, move on to box office. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Let's go to box office. So we'll go quick on this because I think this is going to lead into why we chose to do what we're going to do here on movies this week. Um, not too much happened. Uh, I'll touch on the the first thing, which is Despicable Me 3 has now become the highest grossing animated franchise of all time. Beat Shrek out. Um, I don't know if people are happy or sad about that. I, I know some people are not a fan of Despicable Me. I, I was a fan of the first movie. I don't know that it held up as it went on, but, um, you know, that was... Yeah, I mean, that's there. I, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I think I've only seen the first one. I think it did fine. But I, those Minions, man, people love them. So I guess that's that's how you, that's how you make do. the number one franch- animated franchise. That'll do it. I'm surprised that Disney never jumped the shark and did like a, like the Alien movie uh, from Toy Story with Buzz Lightyear. You know what I'm talking about? Like I feel like people used to love them. Like they love the Minions. That's, a, that's actually a good point. Yeah, the, the little squeaky toys. I, Maybe just Disney just respects storylines. I, I think it was more at the time <laughs> Pixar wasn't doing sequels. I think yeah. at that you know if that if those didn't if those weren't introduced until Toy Story two, at that point they would have been like shit yeah let's jump on this. But back then they were all doing original, you know original movies. They that wasn't what they were planning. You know that was their take on the that wasn't their approach, and so I think they just missed the hype and and didn't try to throw back to it. Obviously now with Cars three coming out we can. <laughs> so we can make other observations. And Toy Story Four on the way, and and the Incredible sequel. Hey, the Incredible sequel is long overdue. I can't, I can't wait for that. That should be fun. So I mean, beyond just people, me from a box office standpoint, this week you've got uh, Dark Tower, 
Kidnap and Detroit all opening. And from a box office, you know, numbers, Dark Dark Tower was a number one with $20 million, guys, $20 million. Followed shortly by Dunkirk, still going semi-strong with $17 million. Emoji Movie, unfortunately, that just won't go away. Girls Trip is still going strong. And uh, then you've got uh, Kidnap, Halle Berry, $10 million. And Detroit at number eight with $7 million. So basically nothing happened. Nobody went to go see movies. Just as a comparison, this same week last year, Suicide Squad came out and made $130 million by itself. Uh, all the movies we just mentioned didn't even equal that. So everybody else basically made the same decision we did, which is maybe go see a movie, but probably not. So, and I don't think, and I don't think anybody's regretting it. I I don't think so because now we're going to get into people's thoughts because we had two people actually saw movies. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, Peter and myself were unable to or chose to not spend our weekends um, seeing a movie. But we did have Sean and uh, Matt go see uh, Detroit and Dark Tower, uh, respectively. So, uh, Sean, let's start with you. What did you actually think about Detroit? And um, keep it to a bare minimum. Be good. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a very tragic story. The fact that people were murdered by the police in 1960s Detroit. The highlight for me, I, I mean, I think there's some really good uh, performances in there. I, I didn't really... I thought John Boyega did a great job. Um, my man Anthony Mackie, not enough screen time for me. Um, wow, I just completely zoned out. What's the guy's name from uh, the Swollen Nuts dude from uh, Where the Millers? Um, your boy Poulter, the Poulter guys. Will Poulter. Uh, yeah, Will, Will Poulter, Poulter was uh, well done. fairly uh, fairly entertaining in this, but or I guess did a fairly great job with the content. But the movie itself, they tried to make it more of like a thriller when it's actually like, it's it's a sad event. I mean, I, I just think Catherine Bigelow missed the mark as the director in this movie. Um, but the soundtrack was great. I mean, Motown music for me is, can, can you know, can add to a lot of scenes. But um, being that it was 1960s Detroit, I mean, it's the, the riots were happening that destroyed a city, which... I didn't even realize that Detroit was the fifth largest city in the country in the, in the late 60s, early 70s, which goes to show you that how that city's fallen off the uh, fallen off the last 50 years. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, I'd say it was it was a good movie, not great, not terrible. Um, it, would I watch it in theaters? Probably not. Um, I'd probably wait until it came out um, on Netflix streaming or, or on demand. Uh, so you can just, you know, choose to watch it at your own speed if you want to turn it off and come back to it, you know, because um, it's actually a pretty long movie, too. It was uh, almost two and a half hours long. So overall, wait, I'd, so, I'd wait till it comes out on uh, home entertainment. But uh, So you are wait. recommending that we are not to go see this? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's worth, I mean, obviously that, a lot of people agree because not a lot of people saw it in theaters this weekend, but uh, yeah, I think it's one of those ones that you don't need to uh, you don't need to go see it in theaters. I mean, the the funny thing for me is that this um, was was this opening weekend for Detroit. It was, yeah. Was it, it was that Halle Berry's flick Kidnap actually made more than this movie, and that's a little disturbing because 
I was more interested in seeing Detroit than I was in Kidnap, and apparently other people would argue against me. So, anyway, continue. Sorry. Uh, no, I think I pretty much summed up what I was, what my thoughts were. That it's one of those movies that you can wait until it comes out on home entertainment, digital entertainment, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it was a good it was a good movie. Like I said, I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was bad. It's just a different type of movie, and I blame the director for what didn't work. So, um, what about you, Matt? I know you went and saw Dark Tower, so I'd love to hear. Uh, hear about your thoughts on that this weekend so, so the dark tower is something that i feel like i've i've heard references to for you know years now from the from the stephen king novel and i think it might be a series um never knew much about it i had one friend who kind of read it and didn't recommend it and then i had a ton of others that did recommend it and being a person that doesn't read much i just <laughs> sided with the person that didn't recommend it and use that you know, use that as my excuse <laughs> um nice but because of all the the general hype of the story, I was pretty stoked at the idea of they were finally making a movie until the trailer came out when I kind of was immediately disinterested. I assume it had 90% to do with the fact that um, Matthew, McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey's hair was dyed black in an insane way. I don't know if that was just me, but it looked um, absolutely absurd. Um, so I, I can't quite understand what they were going for there. It was just pitch black. I feel like they could have just gotten a, a different actor with black hair, but um, what do I yeah. know? And uh, it, it, you know, I'm, I, I went to see it just because I, I don't really know why. I thought I wanted to have something to talk about here today about, some, you know, in spite of the box office indications. And the reviews weren't necessarily wrong about it. Um, I, it's as Sean mentioned, this is not something I'd recommend people to go see in theaters. It existed. It had about two decent scenes. I already forgot which one of them was, um, but most of the uh, most of the action was pretty generic, um, and there was some just kind of outlandish uh, leaps of faith that you had to take with the character. They kind of they they made it a little too one sided against Idris Elba, who's you know always phenomenal. The Wire that you know Dave's watching, he was phenomenal as Swinger Bell. Um, oh yeah, you know among just about everything he's been in, right? That we've all seen. So it's kind of a kind of a shame that this this wasn't as good of a, a movie as you'd hope with Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey being being in the film. But uh, if it's on TV or on Netflix, I, I don't think you'll yeah you know, I, I don't think I don't think you'll be wasting your time. But don't go out of your way. So so interesting interesting thing. Uh, two 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 comments I want to uh, ask you. Uh, first off, do you think Ian McShane McShane would have been a better Man in Black in this particular movie than your boy, uh, um, I'm blanking on his name right now. Matthew McConaughey. Would he have been a better fit? You think? I'd be. I, I think. I think that'd have been fine. I, I don't think he had. He's quite as animated as Matthew McConaughey. Um, but I think that would have been okay in this role. I think he would have brought a different. Okay. He would have obviously brought a different take to it. Was, was he? Mm-hmm. Was he in the running? I have no idea, but I was just trying to think of who would have been a good person to kind of play like the. I think what was. I mean, he was supposed to be like the devil or something like that in this particular movie, and. I think Amy Sheen as a devil would be probably a great kind of thing. I mean, he was the he was the devil to Andy Samberg in uh, Hot Rod, <laughs> so he can he can pull oh, off I anything. I didn't realize that. Fair enough. Uh, was a, he, he, he was a, he was a, he was a stepdad. He wasn't he wasn't an actual. Uh, he was, he was but, in Deadwood, right? Is that the Amy? Yeah, he fucking was. Yeah, he fucking was. Yeah. yeah. Goddamn cocksucker. <laughs> fucking fucking cocksucker. Goddamn San San Francisco cocksucker. Anyway, but the other thing I want to say is I heard 
that if this actually made money, they were going to make a TV show about this. Indeed. And Idris Elba, Idris Elba was supposed to be the, the, the lead on it, but they were saying that the TV show is actually going to be more in line with the books than the particular movie. Because apparently the movie was supposed to be like a a mishmash and maybe possibly a sequel to the books. Okay. I, I'm not I, yeah. positive. I don't, I don't know the actual they said it was books, comp- so it, I can't say, but I think this would have, the, the kind of universe that they were doing, um, definitely had a lot of interesting aspects to it, and you know I can see why people delve into the book so much. There's there's a lot that the you know Stephen King can obviously elaborate on, but and so this probably would have been a, a made for an interesting uh, miniseries. And it's it's surprising that all these you know networks and channels didn't choose to pick this up for kind of a short run miniseries versus a kind of you know maybe kind of half-assed attempt at a, at a film they they definitely took a property that was very popular and well-known even even people who like me you know weren't weren't familiar didn't read the books were definitely aware of the hype around it i don't know if you guys were um you know the title the property uh, yeah Man in black, I had, all that jazz yeah so i had, i worked with um worked with a guy who basically explained the entire series to me it sounded somewhat interesting, but I was a little turned off by the fact that it was eight books, and I was like, eh. well, "Well, this is one of those where you know, this." I think you mentioned Matt. You've been hearing about this for a long time, and there was conversations about this years ago, saying Ron Howard was going to direct, and that Javier Bardem was attached. And so, and this was right after Javier Bardem had done uh, No Country for Old Men and had kind of been a big hit. So, you know, huge buzz around it. And then Ron Howard dropped out, and then Javier Bardem dropped out, and then slowly, you know, people and players came attached. So this thing has kind of been plagued with just weird news since it started. I mean, even I think a few weeks ago, there was there was rumors that uh, the initial cut of this movie uh, they had around three hours, and then the theatrical cut ended up at an hour and a half. So whenever you have whenever you have Jesus. statements like that. That that is not a good thing because it's I mean, to cut your entire movie in half does not show faith in what you've got on film. And so and I will say part of the, the biggest appeal and part of why I did end up seeing it was knowing that it was only an hour and a half. It was so short. Um, yeah. <laughs> and even even during it out, there were definitely a few a few segments where I was just kind of, you know, you know, ready for it to advance. Um, and, and mentioning the Ron Howard piece. When he dropped out, they also cut the budget for it. So I think it was originally going to be around 140 wow. million, and I think they dropped it to a, 60. It was at, I thought it was I thought it was a little more than half. I guess it was a little less than half. Um, I, it wasn't an immediate thing. It was just as they continued rehashing the script, they kept cutting it down. And what that means is it, it, that means they had 60 million dollars where they shot a three-hour movie, and they only ended up with an hour and a half. So that means what you got. You know, if you know what you're getting, you, you probably will, you know, have a few enjoyment, enjoy, enjoyable scenes. But otherwise, you, you, you're more than fine. You're not going to be missing out if you don't see it. Could could you tell, because uh, I'm curious on this, you know, Dave, I think you mentioned it's eight books. His hair could was you tell yeah, that. Eat your elbow, right? Obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, could you, could you tell that this was a longer property that had been sliced and diced or did it actually seem somewhat organic? I'm kind of curious on that. It it didn't seem organic either way, but I don't think I, I don't think I would have picked, I don't think I picked up on the fact that it 
would have been a longer movie. I, I definitely okay. felt like there was a lot to that they kind of showed us that we didn't see more of, but it, it almost felt like they were just not doing it. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get the <laughs> sense that they actually thought about showing us these things. Um, okay. So it didn't feel like anything was missing is essentially kind of what you're saying. I think. Yeah. It, it didn't, it didn't feel like, I mean, there was definitely a lot in the story that we, that was clearly not there, but it didn't feel like they introduced something and then ignored it two seconds later kind of a thing, which I know we we've seen in, um, I feel like we just Got saw something where that happened, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Indeed. Alrighty. Well, I don't know. Anybody else got any additional comments or concerns on these? I mean, I, I mean, obviously we we were heading to a bit of an issue on the movies that we could go through, but uh, you know, we tried something new this week. We'll we'll see how it turns out. Um, but yeah, I mean, we didn't try it. anything new, really, Dave. It's just that Hollywood decided. Yeah, <laughs> end the summer. Great this summer. So, yep. like last summer was completely different because, I mean, Suicide Squad was one of the more hyped films of the summer last year, and I think they held it out till August because it because there was no competition, which uh, people will go to the movies regardless of when it is if there's something that they are excited about, and there was nothing that really excited people this summer. So, I don't think yeah. that was. Uh, it's more just on Hollywood releasing movies. Yeah. Like they started earlier this year instead of going later. Definitely. Like I, I know, I know Valerian didn't do a great job, but I really wish Valerian was coming out this weekend or next weekend just to at least get a better box Completely office agree. drop. Cause at this yeah. point, you know, obviously Dunkirk's going to sustain and there's never any doubt about that, but Valerian would have, wouldn't have, any, wouldn't have had any trouble beating kidnap. So, um, yeah. It's a shame. God willing. <laughs> I mean, Halle Berry's got some draw, so it's tough. But apparently, I mean, I didn't realize she was still uh, she was still moving like that. So apparently, uh, well, apparently, John good. Boyega doesn't have the draw that people thought he did because he was listed as like top bill in that movie Detroit. That that's what Star Wars does, man. You get top billed for about three years, and then you become Mark Hamill. But he's like fourth bill. In- <laughs> that was a dig. He, he's a phenomenal yeah. Joker, and he was a great cock knocker. I love Mark Hamill. I just I, people give <laughs> okay, him a lot on, of hate, man. so I was just I was just going off of it. Cock knocker. <laughs> anyway, alrighty. Well, I guess we can swing over to our potent picks and uh, close our uh, close us up for the evening. So uh, let's go with Sean. How about you start us off? Well, since I touched on the uh, 10-year anniversary of the or 10-year reunion that Netflix released for Wet Hot American Summer, if you have not uh, ended the summer here this year, uh, check out Wet Hot American Summer. It's a great movie that came out about uh, 10 years, about 15 years ago now. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, really great cast, uh, really funny. They uh, Netflix put out another series too. If you're uh, interested in checking that out, but uh, very well done uh, comedies there with a lot of familiar faces. And as far as uh, something to try out, next time you're at a wedding, uh, definitely get yourself a Makers in the Rocks. Helps uh, slow down your drinking and it also gets you to where you want to go, but uh, you're also drinking good products. So uh, bourbon, Rocks, Makers, whether it's Makers or something other like uh, uh, Buffalo Trace is always good too on the Rocks. Just uh, you know, Bourbon on the Rocks will always do the trick. So that's my recommendation and my picks for this week. But uh, what about Peter? What, what are your picks for this week? So I, I'm I'm kind of sad I didn't 
picked this as something when we were talking about Atomic Blonde, but, you know, watch Free Fire that has Army Hammer. And there's another great film. At least I think it's great. It's uh, The Man from Uncle. It's got Army Hammer and Henry Cavill. Good movie. Great yeah, movie. Yeah. I think it came out, I don't know if it was 2015 or 2016, but it was relatively that, recent. Is it Guy Ritchie that directed that? That was Guy Ritchie, yeah. It was. Yeah. Correct. Okay. I, I've yet to see that though, but I know that I've heard great things. I think it's an underrated uh, spy flick. So it's got it's got some elements, you know, and the reason I thought of it with Atomic Blonde is it's kind of a period piece spy. I won't call it thriller, but it's a spy film, uh, you know, very similar to kind of the concept of James Bond. But you're you're talking about um, kind of a duo of spies. It's got a lot of fun performances. It's got comedy and it knows how to use it. And Guy Ritchie, I think, is, you know, uh, Maybe not at his best, but he's doing very well in that movie. I think it really fits well. So if you haven't seen it, Man from Uncle, definitely go check it out. It's uh, it's basically available everywhere. And from a beer perspective, uh, you know, we're just about to take off from Texas. I've been trying to kind of revisit all my favorites from down here. And one of them is uh, Live Oak Brewing Company. They've got one called uh, Live Oak Hef, uh, Hefeweizen. And I'm a big fan of these beers, especially in Texas when it gets up to, you know, 100 plus degrees. It's nice to have something that's refreshing in the summer. So if you can try this out or any Hefeweizen if you can, but, you know, Live Oak is a great one. So uh, I think that's what I would go for my pick. So, uh, Dave, what about you? So for my show, I brought up um, Ian McShane a little earlier, and it kind of got me thinking about this this show that I think it was on NBC years ago, and they only came out for one season. But for some reason, this made me fall in love with him as a as an actor, and it was Kings. I don't know if y'all remember seeing this. It was uh, based on the uh, oh god, uh, I, the rise of King David. I forgot that existed. Yeah, dude. It was, I actually really enjoyed the heck out of it. And it kind of like modernized the story of King David's rise and stuff like that. And um, it, it was and it just has a, Ian McShane. And it does. And I mean, we're forgetting that Sebastian Stan was in it. And that's obviously the biggest. The yes. Biggest and, and, um, and Macaulay Culkin, I believe. Wow. That's, that's, that's top billing right there. That's quite he a was, cast. They, the funny story about him is they kept trying to keep him indoors most of the, the show. So he basically couldn't leave the a one-bedroom place because he was like in exile in a particular room the entire time. And I thought that was fairly fitting. But, you know, that was supposed to be his new – I think that was supposed to bring him back back in – God, that was 2009. And just didn't go anywhere, unfortunately. I thought it would have been a good one uh, to keep going forward, but they just didn't pick it up. But good show. I think the, the, the religious spin on it was what really upset people on it, but – Eh, it was still good. It was entertaining. But uh, in terms of drinking, um, you know, I was thinking about this, and it's the end of the summer, guys, and we all, you know, we talked about this earlier on in the summer about your fruity drinks. So the summer is almost over with, so get your fruity drinks in. You know, I had some an interesting combination. Um, I was at the pool uh, at this hotel for the the, uh, the wedding this past weekend, and and asked her, asked the waitress if they had anything with lemonade in it. That's really all I really cared for. And she was like, we actually have a, a lemonade mixed with mango and Tito's vodka. And I was like, yeah, I'll try that. Might be my new favorite drink, guys. That shit was awesome. So get your fruity drinks in before the summer ends while you can still sit at the pool and drink it like a, you know, and it's not considered unmanly. So fruity drinks, get on them. We're old. Nobody cares. Hey, Everybody, nobody judges fruit, you. Dave. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, Matt, what about you? 
Yeah, so in terms in terms of watching, um, I'm going to throw one kind of just absurd one out there just because I know it's on Netflix and this is actually something I watched recently. It's called Welcome to the Jungle with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's got a lot of familiar faces in it. It's a dumb comedy. It's about an hour and a half. Um, not, nothing great. Adam Brody. Um, but if you just, it, the first 20 minutes are definitely fun. Just lots of like office banter between a couple, a couple of folks and shit talking and, you know, keeps you entertained. Um, it kind of trails off later on, but Dennis Haysbirth's in it. And that's kind of one of the reasons I watched it was because he was in, uh, um, the dark tower, which, which obviously I saw. So that's kind of where that came up. And, um, did you feel like you were watching an Allstate commercial? I was just going to say. <laughs> I felt like I was watching 24 meets Major League. Ooh, nice. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jungle to Jungle. With with proper Ooh. with proper Ooh, insurance cool. coverage. Was he in that? Because Jungle to Jungle was Tim Allen is what comes to mind there. Yeah. No, I just I when I saw the uh, the cover for or the uh, poster for this movie, it just made me think of Jungle to Jungle. So what it's going to make you think of now is the new Jumanji movie because Jumanji is called Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle as well. Uh, so, if only Axl Rose was in any of these movies, it would amplify the greatness. Uh, so I was actually uh, waiting for it, and maybe it happened in this in the um, in the credits, but I had to turn it off to watch Game of Thrones. I just barely made it in time to finish through this for before Game of Thrones started. Uh, not that you need to finish it if you start it, but you, it's it's it had some fun jokes, um, and it's on Netflix, so it's it's there, it's accessible, um, and uh, yeah, I don't think they had uh, Welcome to the Jungle. I was very surprised, and I figured that would have been ninety percent of their budget um, if That's they if they had. So I I don't blame them for not doing it. Um, again, lots of familiar faces, and uh, some decent uh, decent banter and just shit talking. So. Just one of those stupid comedies. Um, if you're looking for that, if not, pass it. You won't regret it. Uh, in terms of a, a kind of a, a the real recommendation, um, just William Hurt. I, I think I've recommended Mr. Brooks, and one of the reasons I recommended it previously before was just I thought William Hurt was phenomenal in that. Um, whatever you want to say about your opinion of Kevin Costner movies, I really enjoyed that movie, and I thought he was William Hurt was was ninety percent of the why it was great. Um, I, I use 90% a lot, apparently 90% of the time. And, um, <laughs> I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, uh, I mentioned this just briefly. I'm going to go with Michael with William Hurt, the movie, John Travolta. I actually did like Michael and I've been wanting to watch that. It had, um, Andy McDowell, right? Or am I yes. thinking of, yeah. Yes. Um, yep, I don't remember, I don't know when it holds up, but, um, that is something I've been wanting to watch again. It's a fun TV movie. Yeah. Like a TV movie. I think that's kind of how I saw it a ton. Uh, that and Phenomenon was like. Yeah. Because I don't think yes. I realized that John Travolta was in a downturn in his life in terms of his 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 uh, marketability. And so I just enjoyed seeing John Travolta on TV in something other than Greece. <laughs> and. Um, but no, so I, I mentioned it earlier, but a history of violence. Just Viggo Mortensen, just, you know, always great. And. William Hurt was under four minutes worth seeing the entire picture just just for that. The 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 movie's great either way, but just to get to see that scene is is worth the price of admission of probably free on Netflix anyway. So um, you've you've prompted me to go watch this because I really did enjoy that movie and I do not remember him at all. So now I've got to go watch yeah, and uh, it's, remember. Yeah, no, it's worth it. I remember uh, watching it a few years ago and just 
again being awestruck by William Hurt. I don't, I don't. I, it's not even a man crush. I just something about the way he speaks is just uh, great to me. And uh, when I watched it after kind of a a longer period of not watching it, I was just taken aback by his performance in it. So I googled it, and he was nominated, and I was shocked. Again, later to learn, I know I mentioned this earlier that there's a few shorter shorter uh, characters that were nominated for supporting role. I thought you had to be in the movie at least like five minutes to, to be nominated, but apparently I think 60 seconds or something, somebody was nominated. So what do I know? But in any case, I'm throwing it out there. Obviously, if you're doing that, you might as well get uh, Eastern Promises in as well because that's uh, Viggo Mortensen and the same director too, but I'm throwing too many things out there and I apologize. Um, in terms of drinking, uh, Stone Tangerine Express IPA. Uh, I just saw this last yesterday. I don't think I've had this before. I saw this at the at Whole Foods. You know, I can't buy a six pack while I'm traveling, and I saw this. They had this in kind of the the big bottle, and um, really good. Really, just a nice little nice little hint of uh, the tangerine. A little, I think there's a little pineapple too, but uh, it's a nice IPA. Good good beer. So you have Stone Brewing available. Stone Brewery uh, available to you. Uh, see if you can get a, get a handle on some Tangerine Express. Nice. Alrighty. Well, I think that'll do it for us tonight, boys. Uh, so, as always, everyone can follow us on uh, on Twitter at Potent Pictures and email us at PotentPicturesPodcast at gmail.com. And we do have a Facebook, as uh, Sean loves to point out, so please go uh, check it out. should have a link to our website where you can actually see all of our... Uh, our previous posts on uh, uh, that aren't on iTunes, so go take a look at our archive, see what we got going on. You hear some good ones, um, but other than that, I think that'll do us for it tonight. Um, thanks, everybody. Hey, I have a real quick cool question. Um, did anybody give it? Wait, Sean Earmuffs. <laughs> yes. Did anybody give a shit about the fucking sex scene between Emmanuel, what's her face, and the the eunuch? No. Did anybody give like, a shit, or did you like go, oh, she's fucking hot? Yes. Well, I mean, oh, she's man, hot. She but it, it, it was a it. lot of time. It was a lot of time dedicated to nothing. Well, they had to sh- they had to show it go down, man. Oh, you just you mean and it was just too long? Do. Is that what you're saying? It was kind of long. Yeah, I thought. It I was mean, like long and drawn out, and it was like, I, I feel like you're trying to explain like a sex scene to like your parents, and you're like, uh, yeah, we just kind of watched this together, but yeah, that was totally not cool. Like, um, like do do we really need to see these two girls go munching in each other? No, you just one of them was a guy. You, just because he didn't have a away. penis, he was still a guy. <laughs> I'm I, I'm not interested. I'm not in, instantly attracted to something because it doesn't have a penis. <laughs> <laughs> Hurt There's your problem right there, Matt. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Knowing I can't get penetrated certainly helps. We've <laughs> <laughs> got some real good content here, guys. <laughs> Here's our banter for this episode. <laughs>